This episode of the Beauté Industry Podcast was brought to you by Ellie Barner. Hello and welcome to the Beauté Industry Podcast, your online support community for the professional beauty industry. I am your host, founding director of Beauté Industry, Tamara Reed. Here, we are closing the competitive gap and speaking your language. This is a platform created and dedicated to the professional beauty industry, valuing community over competition. We serve to help connect you with inspiration from industry experts, expand your knowledge through educational pieces, and bring you the latest in product and technology innovation. This is Beauté Industry. Otto Mitter's path into the beauty world was inevitable. Since a young age, Otto was introduced to the world of beauty by his mother, who started one of Australia's pioneering beauty, slimming and health clinics. Otto's mother wrote and contributed to the first competency-based beauty therapy training in Australia, who actually wrote the Diploma of Beauty Therapy, Diploma of Health Science and Aesthetics, and founded the Gold Coast Training Academy, who graduated thousands of beauty therapists in Australia. And having been brought up by such an influential person in the beauty industry, it was only a natural progression that Otto found himself studying makeup artistry, beauty therapy, and all of the things lash and at the Gold Coast Training Academy straight out of high school. Fast forward to now and after two decades of studying the art of lashes, brows, beauty and cosmetic formulation, Otto and his team at X Import currently produce and supply lash and brow enhancement ranges for professionals and develop educational programs to over 60 countries across the globe and have a combined team of over 300 trainers worldwide. Otto's dedication to education has seen him become a guest speaker and educator at the world's most prestigious beauty and lash events. He's been able to learn from the best lash artist masters and judge at leading global lash competitions. Otto has a passion for continuing education, working with leaders in the industry and helping and becoming beauty therapists, lash artists and educators develop their profiles and careers, which is appreciated by his team and colleagues around the world. A truly fascinating conversation today. I'm sure you will enjoy it. Here's Otto and I for Beauty Industry. Otto, welcome to the Beauty Industry podcast. Tamara, thank you so much for having me on board. I'm really excited to be here. Finally, we get to meet sort of face-to-face digitally at least. I know. Finally, finally. I feel like so many times our path is almost crossed, but not quite. So, you know, I'm glad we can jump on a mic and and have it live. (laughs) I know. No, it is about time and the time is now. So yeah, thank you very much for having me on board. I've been loving what you're doing in the industry. It's so exciting watching what you've been getting up to. And and I've always thought, yep, one day we're going to catch up and we're going to have a really good chat. And I think this is it. Let's yes. do it. Yes, I'm here for it. And I must um, must be brutally honest. I don't know much about you. So I am mm-hmm. actually, I must be the only person in the whole industry who doesn't know much about you. <laughs> but I'm so excited just to understand, you know, your career history, you know, from what I've read online, you're pretty damn fabulous. So if we can start all the way back at the very beginning, um, like Otto coming into the industry, I know your mum was a big influence on you. So how did that kind of pathway begin? 
Yeah, it has been an incredible journey, to say the least. Uh, my mother played a huge role in influencing me and getting me involved in the beauty industry. So some people who are listening to this may or may not know, but my mother was a pioneer in the beauty industry in Australia, and she actually wrote the first diploma of beauty therapy for Australia. So it was the first government accredited course available for beauty therapists Australia-wide. So back in the day before this happened, um, there was no training standards in Australia. You could be a beautifier of sorts. So you could offer beautification treatments. You might be really good with a mascara or some makeup and you might offer treatments on, uh, you know, uh, customers or people that were coming in to see you for those sorts of treatments. But there was no formal qualification for that. And so my mother pioneered that quite a lot. She had a very successful slimming and beauty and wellness center, and it had a hair salon as well in Canberra. And that was quite ahead of its time. So when she did that, um, you know, it was, it was quite a success. It really started booming along. And I was the little guy that uh, kind of came straight from the hospital and was under the massage table in the bassinet while mum was doing her treatments. She was a working mum. And like so many um, working mums in the industry, they have to do what they have to do. And, uh, you know, I was the little one sort of tagging along for the ride. But on that journey, I was exposed to so much in the industry. So I started really young, obviously running around <laughs> the slimming center and the hair salon and, um, you know, watching the therapists and getting to know them and seeing what they did. And, and over the years, she progressed into education a lot more and she opened up a school on the Gold Coast. It was called the Gold Coast Training Academy and that eventuated into the French Beauty Academy today. And it's a, a wonderful college and it's trained many thousands of beauty therapists over the years. And I went and studied there after high school. So I progressed you know, on my journey throughout the industry and, and studied makeup there and uh, some of the diploma of beauty therapy. And then I went on to study uh, personal care formulation and cosmetic chemistry. And I, I took a real interest in lashes and brows. Uh, my family was involved in that as well with the production of tinting products. So lash and brow tinting products. And then we were involved in eyelash perming products and the production of that and we were involved in eyelash extensions as well in Australia when that actually first came to Australia there was us and I think one or two other people doing it and this is going back oh my goodness probably nearly 20 years ago now that's how long eyelash extensions have been around eyelash perming uh, has been around for 25 years or even longer in the industry mm. so we um, were involved in, in that side of the industry quite a bit. And we set up a really good distribution business here in Australia and, and that has sort of grown since then. But, you know, I've just continued my uh, journey with ongoing education. I've trained with a lot of the world's best lash masters. So I like to host classes for them. When we could all travel, they would uh, come to Australia and I'd host classes and partake as a student and, obviously formed some really amazing relationships with these leaders in the lash industry. And from there, you know, I started working uh, at conferences and 
things like this exhibitions overseas and got to really know them on a great personal level, but spoke at a lot of events doing seminars, uh, masterclasses, education sessions, things like this. And that, um, you know, really started sending me on another part of my journey with our brand, Elibana. You know, it really, really developed. It's been around for quite a long time, 25 years in the industry. But, um, you know, we have grown so much along this journey. So, yeah, there's, there's so much to it. But that's a little bit of a brief rundown uh, of where we're at. Wow. Wow. I love that so much. Did you always know when you were in high school, you know, sometimes you go to those default career chats and they're like, what do you want to be when you grow up? Did you always know that (laughs) like beauty and personal care and aesthetics was always in your future? Or did your mum say, look, this is where you're coming. You got no other choice. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Well, no. And, And like so many people, I feel, you know, when you finish high school, you think, what is my future going to be? There's just so many options on the table. Some people are lucky enough to just know what they want to do straight away. For me, I was at a crossroad and I've always been a creative person. Um, So I've been in and out of the beauty industry a little bit since high school. So I did go and study at mum's college and and learnt a lot there. But then I did go into hospitality and I did business training at at private colleges and I went into the events industry. I was a musician, a professional musician, actually, for many years too. So I went down that career path and had an amazing adventure in that world and did some really cool things there too, but found myself gravitating back to the beauty industry. And I think maybe it's in my blood. Maybe that's what's happened. Uh, Gravitated back this way and just started falling in love with it. And I I started realizing, hey, I'm I'm actually okay at doing this. I feel um, like this could be a fit for me. And I mean, at first I was the guy out there knocking on doors of salons saying, hi, I'm Otto from Elibana. Let me come in and do a demonstration for you. I'll show you how we can do eyelash perming. Like this is back in the day of eyelash perming and tinting before lash lifting really sort of took off. But we still use the same kind of chemicals and, and, you know, ingredients and products to do these results, but there has been a lot of changes. But anyway, I was, you know, doing cold calling, things like that. And so many people I know these days in the industry uh, don't have to do that these days because you've got social media. You can mm. jump on board. You can get your message out that way. You know, everything's changed. But, you know, I came from that kind of background and, That was tough at one point. You know, there was definitely times where I said to myself, I don't know if I really do like doing this and maybe I should be working on cars or building houses or something. (laughs) You know, I'm a guy. Should I really be doing eyelashes for a job? And, you know, after I just persevered with it and I kept doing it, I think people just responded well to what I was doing. And, you know, when it just kind of, really took off when I was doing these seminars and and masterclasses overseas, there was no guys really doing it. There's a couple of friends of mine that do it, but there still isn't many guys that do it. And I think that was a huge win for me. It was definitely the door that opened because a lot of people were saying, who is this guy from Australia talking about lash lifting and tinting and brows at eyelash extensions conferences? Because extensions was huge. You know, that really boomed. All the conferences were kind of about lash extensions. Not really many people were there talking about lash lifting and mm. tinting. And I, of course, knew 
how amazing this service is, how popular it is, and how it was going to boom because it's so, uh, I think it's fast. You know, there's all these reasons that we might go into about why it's a good service to have. But people just started, um, you know, seeing what I was talking about, seeing the techniques I was teaching, and from there, you know, things just really started growing. Yeah, how interesting. Very I love I love hearing, you know, the start of people's businesses because obviously we can see the shiny glossy big Instagram presence and big kind of business mentality and and reality that you've got now, but um you know, hearing those startup days where you wear all of the hats, you do the cold calling, you know, it's before you get to the CEO status. Um you know, I think that's really what makes somebody. Um I'm interested yeah. to know, you know, coming into a school that your mum developed did you ever feel like pressure to perform? You know, I've, I've got to make it in this industry. I've got to be great at it because my mum's like this icon who's done so much to, you know, kind of pave the, the way in front of you already. Absolutely. That has always been something that, you know, sits on your shoulder. It's something there that is in the back of your mind and you think, I have something to prove here. You know, I have to, I have to impress mum <laughs> although she would say you know I'm proud of you son just do whatever you want to do like a, a good loving mother does but you know of course you had that drive there that you know well if mum could do this you know what what can I do and I do want to make her proud so that was definitely a driving force in making me really want to you know grab the reins and and do do the best I could you know in this industry and uh you know if, from there, you know, you definitely have some moments of failure and um, some struggles along the way. And my journey, I can certainly share that, you know, I, I was learning how to be an educator and it's like performing. You know, you really have to study your lines. You have to know your craft. You have to know the content really well and you have to be super passionate about delivering that to your audience and your students, your learners. And there was times on that journey when I was learning how to do this that I definitely failed. Maybe I didn't study hard enough. I didn't prepare enough. And there was a day when I was in a class, and I'll share this freely. I've, I've told students and, and people about this before. Um, I, I fell down in a delivery there. And I just, maybe I was feeling a bit off that morning. I hadn't had the coffee I needed. I hadn't had breakfast or something, <laughs> didn't get a good sleep. And I, luckily enough, I had another trainer with me at the time who was kind of helping me. And I was in the middle of delivering this session. And then I, and I said, look, I'm actually going to have to stop for a moment. I do apologize. Please excuse me. I'll be back in 10 minutes, you know, and I said, Amy, can you please just take over for me for a second? And I had to go to the bathroom, literally splash my face with water, mm. get it together and say, okay, what's going on? And I had a moment and that was such a tough moment. And I actually questioned myself, you know, is this what you're supposed to be doing? Mm. And anyway, dusted myself off, came back in, finished the class, it went quite well at the end of the day. But that was certainly a big moment for me where I learned a big lesson, and that was prepare. Really study, own your craft, and make sure you're on board with all of that. And when you do that, it helps so much. I, I really don't feel I've stumbled again 
uh, that hard, you know, or felt that bad because, you know, it just taught me such a good lesson. But I went on from there, failing in how to deliver a class to years and years and years of education and then going to winning Educator of the Year at the Australian Beauty Industry Awards and Educator of the Year at the National Association of Lash Artists Awards. You know, you can go from falling down and having the worst experience to reaching a huge high and being recognised for doing something really good in that arena. So that's just a little bit of inspiration I like to share to people because people do say to me, Otto, how do you, know, how do, you do what you do or how did you get where you you've been or get where you've got, I should say. And, um, you know, it, it's, you know, we all fail along the way. I think, you know, I think we all struggle at, at some point, but you can really reach amazing heights. Don't give up, study, prepare and work on your craft. Absolutely. Mic drop. That was amazing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so That's cool. It. So cool. And, and I was really resonating with you there because, um, you know, you've overcome that that hurdle and now you are and who you are today. And I've done the same. I feel like, and I hope my team would say this, that I'm a great leader, but I've had times in the past where I've been a shit leader. You know, I have been so egotistic and I've put myself first and I haven't been there for the team, but you've got to overcome those hurdles because that's what brings you back to ground. You know, it brings you back the accountability. It brings you those learnings and those lessons for you to go, okay, that's, that situation's never going to happen again. Absolutely. That is the quickest way to learn. And that's failing. <laughs> We've heard that before, but you know, yeah, the passion, the drive and the preparation, you know, all those things just put them together in the package and keep going and, um, you know, learn from your mistakes and, you know, just, but keep trying, keep trying because you never know what is going to happen. There is no way I ever thought that we would have reached the amount of success and the heights that we have with our company and myself personally in my career. When I started out, you know, doing the demos, knocking on doors of salons, going and doing all that sort of thing. I had no idea we'd be doing what we're doing now. I knew I wanted to do something, but it's a day-by-day journey. It's one foot in front of the other. Um, You have a plan, you have goals, you've got to have goals and long-term, short-term goals, and you've got to try and follow through with them. You know, all of these things that so many of us know, but sometimes you just don't know exactly what's going to happen along the way, and it can be something so special after the break otto speaks to how he's managed to harness the transition from therapist to international business owner but first a word from today's beauty partner after hearing thousands of technicians around the world asking for a solution that works for both brow lamination and lash lifting in one elibana is proud to deliver the eliplex profusion Two years in the making, Eliplex Profusion aims to maintain the original integrity of the lashes and brows to give a longer, fuller and more defined result. Elibana created this solution with budding lash and brow techs in mind, and Profusion is a gentler solution containing no thioglycolate that strengthens, hydrates and protects while still offering incredible results. Combined with their Eliplex Regen Next Gen system with amino acid technology, this system is a full 360 treatment for your lash and brow clientele. 
To find out more, visit Elibana, that's E-L-L-E-V-A-N-A.com forward slash Eliplex region. Thank you so much to the team at Alibana for making this episode of the Beauty Industry Podcast possible. And now back to Otto. I'm curious to know because there's a real disconnect in our industry between the therapist and esthetician and what it takes to run a business. And sometimes the therapist looks at the business owner and goes, hey, I can do that better, or I'm the top retailer, therefore I'm bringing in the most money for your business, therefore I'm going to go do that better in another capacity. But we don't have that bridging kind of, there's there's a huge gap, right, between the therapist perfecting her craft and then being able to run a business. So how did you kind of bridge that gap in, in your own career? I mean, going from you were a therapist, you studied the trade and, and you were practical to then actually being a business owner, you know, did you do any upskilling or studying or anything like that to kind of get you in that mindset? I think it's really important uh, as a business owner, um, you know, you learn a lot of things by the book when you're doing, you know, official studies, like I went and did my diploma of business. So I learned everything there by the book and all those, those things that you, you really need to know the fundamentals but I would class myself as a bit of a street smart person. So I've learned kind of just by life experience, you know, being out there and seeing what my family has done in the industry and, and they have certainly struggled at times and then seeing them come back from that struggle. Um, you know, it's, you just learn a lot from life, I think as well. And that's definitely something that I've taken with me. I've just been in the industry, getting out there and talking to people, networking with leaders in the industry, uh, taking on board what they do, um, you know, maybe utilizing some of that or learning that what's not good as well. And I think, yeah, when you're running a, a beauty salon or you're doing a brand or, you know, there's a lot of aspects, isn't there, to business. That's the thing. And um, it is difficult. I've seen some salon owners that struggle to do everything. You can't do everything really mm. when you're growing a business past a certain point. I think when it's small and it's a one-man operation, sure, maybe you can look after your clients you know, daily and you can do a little bit of marketing on your Instagram and you can pay your bills and you know, juggle all of that. But as soon as you start growing or if you want to grow, you mm. do have to rely on other people and you need to also... Um, expand on your skill set, perhaps work on the areas that you're really good at, focus on those and, you know, get people in that can really help you on the other areas of expansion that you need. Mm, totally, totally. I always say don't hire somebody who can do the jobs that you're good at, hire somebody that can do the jobs that you're not good at, right? So play to your weaknesses. Exactly. Yeah, mm. we've, we've heard that a lot. And it's, you know, it's so true. And when I started expanding our brand and company, I remember there was a real turning point. We started off quite small. Uh, at one point, we were under my parents' house in a garage, and there was like two or three of us running this, you know, business, distributing products. We were just doing Australia at that point. Um, and we used to get the products in, and we'd be, you know, stacking them in the garage, and we had this nice little office that we built there. But you know, things started picking up and then 
we just hit this point where we couldn't do everything, you know, and the stress levels rise. That's where you feel the pressure and you think, okay, well, I, I guess I need to get someone in, but, but can I afford to get someone in? I mean, maybe you're looking at the books and, and the, the money coming in and you're thinking, I'm just not sure, you know, if I bring on somebody else, you know, all that money that I'm investing, is it, is it going to be worth it? Well, I tell you what, once we took the plunge and we just started really investing in people, we had huge growth. It just exploded for us. So it was a real eye-opening experience. I kind of went, okay, well, sometimes you do have to back yourself. You do have to really invest, but of course you need to find the right people. We all know that's not an easy thing to do (laughs) on um, a day-to-day basis in your business. But when you do find the right people, it's incredible. You've got to keep searching for those right people. Um, Yeah, there's so many elements to this, but I guess I'm just sharing a bit of my story. Yeah, no, I love it. Share away. That's exactly what it's for. Um, I am wondering, just just speaking of people there and, and just thinking, have you ever felt like you haven't been taken seriously because you're a male in the industry? And I guess, you know, sometimes women in our industry and especially in Australia, we have this tall poppy syndrome, you know, you're a male, what do you know about the industry kind of thing? Have you ever felt that from, from people? Not too much. No, not too much in the industry. I, I think I've been quite lucky in that regard. I think you've got to have some charisma as a guy mm. in the industry. You do have to have a bit of belief in yourself. You've got to have some confidence because sure, it is female dominated and girls, you know, they're doing their makeup every single day. You know, mm. they're, they're in tune with this industry and using the products every single day, you know, that's just a small example. Whereas there's a lot of guys that aren't. So yeah, there is that stigma, I guess. And there, there is that um, situation where guys are kind of pigeonholed in this aspect. But when you look at the industry as a whole, and you think about the leaders behind a lot of these big beauty brands and companies, a lot of them are guys Mm. as well. So, you know, there's a lot of guys in the cosmetic chemistry field, which is my background as well. And I love producing products and formulating products and, and the science behind that. Um, so that's a, a great industry for guys to be in. But as far as going out and doing the treatments, yeah, you don't see guys doing it that much in the beauty industry, but in the hair industry, guys are doing it everywhere, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that was something that I said to myself, I'm going to look at this a little bit like the hair industry. I'm just going out and I'm doing lashes. I'm teaching people how to do these treatments, teaching them how to use these kinds of products. There's cool little techniques involved, you know, and I just went out and did it. And so far, so good. Haven't had too much (laughs) backlash there at this point in time. If anything, I think it's been a great thing for me. It's been my niche and people um, have responded quite well to it. Oh, that's amazing to hear. I'm, I'm, yeah, that gives me lots of heart warms and, and good on you for kind of trying to break <laughs> the norm. And, you know, it's, it's much more obviously socially acceptable for um, men to be in the industry nowadays, you know, but 25, yeah. 30 years ago, it was kind of, you know, you were probably the only male in your class if I can you know, kind of pitch <laughs> oh, that, right. You know, so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I was. You know, yeah. 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 That's it. Yeah. Um, I am curious to know, you know, with the, international global success that Alibana has obviously when we talk to business coaches and mentors and people from the bank they're always like 
get your business strategy, you know, and, and put everything on paper and make it a plan. Do you kind of work to strategy and really strategic goalposts or do you kind of wake up one morning and go, I've got this great idea for a campaign, be really cool and just kind of go with the soul feeling? <laughs> I think I'm kind of option two, to be honest, but I, I definitely do have strategies and long-term goals and a lot of things that we have to work on because when your brand gets to a certain point, you just need that structure a little bit. You know, you've got so many people that need direction that you have to have plans in place, but I'm definitely a from the heart person. And that's been my, my vibe, my strength, my, you know, energy that I bring to the table with my team and, and everyone in our community. Uh, I just really do work from the heart and I do get, you know, creative vision on, you know, yeah, we should do this kind of campaign. Um, you know, we're bringing out these products. This is how we should do this kind of campaign or we're, you know, releasing a new training package. So these are the things that need to be in it. And um, there's just so many facets to what we do as a brand. We do a lot with education. We do a lot with products, but we do a lot with mentoring our team. So around the world, we do distribute now to 60 countries around the world. Wow. And in each country, we have a main distributor. And then that distributor supplies either salons, sub-distributors and schools and trainers and educators. So... And then, you know, some are quite big and we have to structure our training really well because when you're selling a product into the market you and you've got more people in the mix, you have to make sure that the message is being carried on and communicated effectively and understood effectively and then carried out effectively as well. It's like Chinese whispers. You know, you might say something at the start and by the time it gets to, you know, another country and another trainer and an, another distributor and a salon at the end of that, mm. how do we ensure that that message, that instruction, that technique that we're doing doesn't change along the way? And that's something I've spent a lot of time working on. And so we do symposiums, for example, with our education team. That was something that I came up with. I mean, a lot of brands do this, but we decided to do it with ours because ongoing education uh, is so important and keeping your team up to date and on the same page is so important. And, you know, just things just change so easily and, and we're always updating our instructional manuals or, you know, our programs uh, we're releasing new products, you know, a technique might've changed along the way. So there's a lot of work involved with our company, especially making sure that that message is carried out effectively along the way. And I guess, you know, when I work from the heart, <laughs> you know, you have these creative ideas, um, you know, it can be sporadic at times, but you do have to kind of pull yourself back in a little bit and find the yin and yang, I might even say, with these two kind of situations. You need the structure, but you, you need that creative flair and mm. that thing that's you when you're a brand owner and a brand builder. Um, sometimes you bring that personal magic to the table and the story, which is something that people are attracted to. And I think that's a, a big thing about Alibaba. 
Totally, totally. I love that so much. Um, hey, the last two years and, and just business in general is kind of riddled with, with challenges and obviously being in business for 25 years yourself, I'm sure you've seen and, and overcome some of those, but I'm wondering what comes up for you when we, when we say the word challenges. Mm, interesting. Well, there's just so many challenges uh, with business uh, when you're running a brand like this and we have, you know, all those distributors. But uh, in the USA, for example, we have over a, around 100 educators, um, you know, and if we look worldwide at however many educators we have, it, it's in the couple of hundreds. And um, th- so there's a lot of challenges logistically, as I was saying, you know, as a brand, as a business, but then you've got your challenges personally as well. And I think that's been a big thing over the last year or two that so many people have been kind of having uh, that internal battle, I guess, you know, am I on the right path? Have I made the right choice? Oh, we're suffering from everything that's happening in the industry at the moment. How am I going to cope with uh, keeping everything open? Uh, You know, the, the stress levels, the anxiety, the, you know, challenges that you have personally are huge. And, um, you know, how do you deal with these? Obviously looking after yourself is so important at this time, probably more so than ever. I spend a lot of time these days really trying to work on my inner self, you know, bit of self-care, making sure on the weekends I'm, I'm spending time with family, I'm getting out there in nature. There, there was a time where I was just, you know, addicted to, work i guess addicted to the next thing the next challenge and and accomplishing whatever that project is and and i definitely felt the burn you know at at some point mentally and physically that was a big lesson for me to sort of go okay i really need to find the balance here when it comes to pushing myself in the business and and personally so it's such a a big question, you know, what challenges do you face? I could be here all day talking about the kinds <laughs> of challenges that we face with products, making sure things are compliant, making sure that um, that they perform up to standards. You know, there's no issues there. People know how to use them correctly. And then you've got challenges with maybe just logistics, managerial things, logistics with freight around the world Mm. has been crazy over the last year or two. Cost of everything goes up. Do we put our products, um, you know, up in price? You know, there's just so many, so many things there. And then of course the personal side, it, it really is endless, but I guess when it comes to challenges, take a breath, you know, and just kind of realign And that's something I'm really learning a lot about at the moment, which I'm really excited about. So just taking time, do some exercise in the morning, go for a walk with the dog, you know, or or the cat, maybe in your instance. (laughs) (laughs) You know me well already. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You know, spend that time on yourself. Um, Social media for me has been a very interesting realm uh look it's a huge part of business these days you've got to be in there i spend a lot of time in communities and forums helping people with support Mm -hmm. and 
but it's a jungle out there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, Stories, you don't have to tell me twice. <laughs> <laughs> and and some days you're like, oh, do I have to go and do this again? Yeah. Like I am too tired to go into this forum. I, I'm up at five in the morning. I'm checking my phone. You probably mm. are as well. Mm-hmm. You're checking messages. You're checking forums. You're trying to respond to people because you want to, because mm-hmm. you're passionate about it and you want to help people. And that's never a question. But you do get burnt out. And, um, you know, that it's just this world where it's so you, you have to definitely find the balance. It's a big one for me at the moment. Mm, and I love that, um, you know, when I bring up that question about challenges that your mind kind of defaulted to self-care and bringing it back in balance because um, actually Albert Einstein, not to get too too technical, but he once said that if you give people a problem, they will spend an hour, oh, they'll spend 55 minutes of the hour talking about the problem and only five minutes focusing on the solution. So I love that your brain kind of defaults to the opposite of that. Okay, let's spend five minutes thinking about the problem and actually 55 minutes about thinking about self-care and how I'm going to overcome it. So so that feels really cool for me. Great. Thank you. I, yeah, I'm totally on board with that philosophy. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's something that I've learned a lot about, especially recently. It's, um, you know, it's been a crazy year for so many people out there. And I think it was a year that taught us a lot of lessons about how to be resilient, um, you know, how to face fear and, and understand the what could be's. I mean, sure, when COVID hit, our business did slow down. We supply salons. That's our main thing. So when the salons are shut, we are shut as well. So a day came to me where, you know, a day was there where I was going, maybe I'm going to have to go and do something else for a job. I was in the same boat as so many other people in our industry. Uh, You know, thankfully, we've been able to sort of overcome it and we're finding a great pathway out and, you know, we're, we're extremely lucky in that regard. But we all face those fears. We all have those challenges and it doesn't matter who you are, you know, you're the biggest CEO in the biggest company. Um, You're somebody that is a one man show running a salon and you're flat out day to day trying to make that work as well. It's, it's taxing, it's tiring. It takes a lot of energy. So yeah, finding that um, balance and being able to, you know, people use the word self-care so much these days it is a popular term for it and I just love it I think it's so important and I've felt so much better now that I'm doing it and it helps you with productivity it's great yeah totally totally speaking about um the future and and kind of looking towards a more positive um future for our industry I'm curious to find out what excites you about um you know the industry as a whole and I guess um Alibana being able to you know, be really resistant and resilient and kind of, you know, shall I use the word pivot and, and kind of hold on to your company that a pandemic very easily could have could have got hold on. Um, you know, you've, you've kind of overcome that. If I can say, though, we're not finished the year, you know, what, what does, um, yeah, what does that excite you about? Oh, there's so much for me to be excited about. I probably am one of the luckiest guys I know, really. I'm super grateful for all the opportunities that, you know, have come my way and obviously what I've done with those opportunities. Um, I I guess I am excited about the future of 
the lash and brow industry. It always, uh, the beauty industry as a whole, I, I have been here for a while and I've seen it recycle and go through its different waves. I've seen brands come and go over the years. Um, you know, for us to just be here is exciting, you know, every day just waking up, being able to come into our one of our factories here and, and, and uh, you know, see all the productivity that's happening, the team, the HQ team just working away on all their projects. Um, you know, it, it's very, very exciting for us as a brand. And as far as the industry is concerned, I am excited for the industry because let's face it, people love feeling good more than ever before. Mm-hmm. We've got Instagram now. <laughs> We've got to look good, right? I mean, a filter can't fix everything, can mm-hmm. it? <laughs> So we want to feel good. We want to look good. So what I have seen is people have been locked down and as soon as they're open again, they are out there bigger and better and stronger than ever. Let's get a beauty treatment. Let's get our lashes done. Let's get our brows done. Let's do some self-care. Let's feel great about ourselves. So I feel when it is open, the industry is just booming and we are seeing this trend overseas so we're fortunate to be able to supply overseas so you know countries that we're in have opened up and we're seeing the trend in the salons picking up and and people are busier than they've ever been so that is just so promising uh the lash lift sector (laughs) which i think i can call it a sector now (laughs) because it's it's literally just become such a a popular service in so many salons around the world mm. that has boomed um lash extensions is booming too brows I, I guess we have to wear masks but you get to see the lashes and brows still that's just such a huge win mm. for our sector I, I know i was doing a bit of research just about the sales of cosmetics you know in the usa i think it was 1.9 billion in sales mm. to 2019 2020 something like that in the eye sector alone so wow. it's just crazy how many people are on board with you know using these kinds of products at the moment and i think we have so many things to thank for that i mean social media a lot of um the influencers and celebs and the Kardashians, you know, everything that's happening in our world at the moment has influenced the beauty industry so much. Uh, so I'm very excited really about the progression of where the beauty industry is going. There's so many facets to it now, especially the lash and brow sector. It has become a big world in its own right. And, um, you know, we're right there in the middle of it and we're doing our best to fly the flag and, help put Australia on the map internationally as well with our with our products. Oh, and you're doing such a good job at it. That makes me so excited as well. And, you know, it is really promising um, seeing overseas open up and people travel around again. You know, we kind of think, oh, my goodness, this, this could be us anytime soon. So um, that's really exciting, eh? It is so exciting. Yeah, I'm hearing a little bit of inside information from people here and there. And apparently December, January, some things are going to be opening up a little bit more with international travel. I think it'll be baby steps, but most certainly next year, I feel, you know, they're going to be doing some trials with shorter, uh, you know, five day um, isolation at home when you return from overseas, things like that. Who knows? Maybe I'm off, you know, maybe I'm not getting the information from the right source. I don't want to put too much hope out there. Do I No, uh, I mean, sure. We, we are excited about where, 
where it's going to head when it all sort of opens up. But yeah, overseas in the USA, for example, we just exhibited in Las Vegas um, in June of this year and it was so busy that I wasn't there personally. My team was there. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, during this whole pandemic, I've set up a company actually in Chicago in the USA without even going there mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, had to set up a team there on the ground. We've got a warehouse Uh, You know, we had some big challenges that happened to us over the last year or so over there. We had to make some big decisions for the best interests of our customers. And I learned a lot, huge lesson in uh, business there. But we got through it and we sort of restructured and it has been the best thing ever for our company there in the USA. But it's been a huge learning curve. But things are going so well there now, but to not be able to go into my office over there (laughs) is just such a strange feeling. So everything has been done online, but they are, you know, doing a wonderful job over there and they have opened up a lot over there. So, Mm. you know, I'm I'm watching what's happening in these countries and the trends and and the salons and the business that's happening there. Um, It's inevitable that we're going to be doing the same here soon. Uh, Come on. Melbourne, come on, Sydney, we can do this. I know we've been so lucky in Queensland at the moment, but, you know, our time may come as well where we're probably going to feel uh, the lockdown again a little bit, but, you know, so far so good. But, you know, hopefully we're all taking the right steps to get out of here soon. Yes, get me on a plane ASAP. Hey, Otto, thank you so much um, for coming and having a chat with me on the pod today. It has been just so divine to get to know you and hear your story. And you're a very cool person and our industry is um, just super, super lucky to have you um, and your product. So thank you so much. Tamara, an absolute pleasure and an honor. Thank you for having me on. Hopefully we can catch up in the flesh soon and happy to, you know, do this again somewhere down the track. Absolutely. Well, if inspiration is what you're searching for at the moment, I certainly think your cup will be full after that episode. What an actual powerhouse. And man, I can't wait until all of this mess is over and we can go to trade shows and awards nights again and just have the best time connecting with all of the people we have met over video calls over the last two years. You can, of course, go and follow along with Otto's journey on the gram over at Otto Mitter. And while you're there, show us how much you've loved this episode by sharing it on your socials. And if you have a cheeky moment or two, feel free to leave us a review of the episode in your podcast app and a little five-star review or rating wouldn't go astray either. Come and let me know who you want to hear up on the podcast next by sliding into my DMs at Tamara Reed Butte or by leaving us a message on the website at butteindustry.com. Until next time, stay connected.